Hey guys and girls, I hope that you are well and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. So we are drawing ever so closer to the season beginning with that first show in Scotland being roughly about 11 weeks away. Well, not just in Scotland, uh, but you know, the first season, sure, shows of the se- 2024 season starting in Scotland and in England um, on the 23rd of March, 11 weeks away. And it's at this point where, like, as a coach, you start to see, you're not going to see the final product coming together, but you're getting little hints of it. Like some people are maybe perhaps miles ahead, you're having to slow them down with like refeeds and whatnot. Um, other people, you're maybe having to push that a little bit harder to to keep that rate of loss up or um, just catch them up, the progress is. But it's often exciting because I've seen it the past few weeks, past two or three weeks, like you know that someone has potential, and you see them coming down, and you start to realise that they're gonna, they're gonna attain that potential. And it's fucking exciting feeling just the check-ins coming through, um, or seeing all the notifications on WhatsApp and just firing through check-ins. It's always a, an amazing start to the, to the day. That being said, there's a lot of the team that I know are going to make it and are going to do incredibly well um, this year. It's um, it's going to be a hell of a season, um, but I'm here for it. The only annoying thing. I think is when some federations perhaps change the dates of their shows by like even just a day. You know, I've got one client who we scheduled to do a double header, and one federation has moved their show from a Saturday to a Sunday. I'm like, great, that's no longer a double header. Or there's one one federation in Scotland that they've pushed that back four weeks, and that's fine. Um, but you can imagine, uh, you know, a different scenario by which, let's say. You only have two or three shows in your in your season, and a, and a federation completely cancels one show. That's happened. Um, there was a show in Bristol supposed to be happening. I had a client in that show's been binned. So like, right, okay, he can't do that. He needs to do a different one. You've been preparing for something. It was your first show of your season. Um, you'd be you'd be gutted. But hey, we work around it. We find a way. We find Plan B, and we go from there. And that's exactly what we've done with any of the shows that have become problematic with the change but I guess back onto the subject of today's podcast is how you would manage two preps in one year like what does that mean exactly so if you've never competed before here's what typically happens you compete in a regional regional qualifier in which you can be invited typically to that federation's British finals. Now, alongside that, you may be invited to their version of like a universe or like a different sort of um, show that they're putting on across the year. That might be locally, it might be within the United Kingdom, it might be internationally. You know, you could qualify for, let's say, um, let's say you do a PCA regional um, and it was before the end of May, that you're probably going to get an invite if you're good enough and if you place, if you're good enough to, to be invited to the uh, PCA universe which is always the end of May. If it's after May, let's say you may be in that regional qualifier, you place... Now, it's not to say that everyone that places gets an invite, but let's say you place, you get invited to the British finals, which is in October. But then on the odd occasion, the closer you get to October, sometimes you can be invited, if good enough standard, to say the PCA World Championships. There's like... There's three different scenarios by which you can be invited to different shows that are out with your regional. Now, of course, like they aren't going to be, for ex- for example, the week after the show you've just done. They might be, let's say you did a show in April. Let's say it was a Saxon Classic down in England, or you know, PCA Scotland. 
um, and you qualified for the the British finals and the universe. Two options you've got there. Do you, you know, should should you feel like you want to continue your prep, extend that to May, and then also do the the British finals as well? Do you do both? Do you do one or the other? It is completely up to you. But you're probably wondering the whole po- point of today's podcast is to talk about well, how would you manage two preps in one year? Is it something I would recommend? Pros and cons, you know, case studies, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, and everything else in between. So I think that scenario by which you've competed in earlier in the season, you have a, a um, an invite to. A, I'm I'm using PCA for this, right? There's so many different federations, you know. It could be like you do a two bros regional, and then you want to do a pro quali, blah blah blah. But I'm just talking you through one system that's probably applicable, very similar to other federations within the UK, such as NFM UK, UKUP, GPA, whatever, whatever it may be. But let's say you did like a show the start of April, and you are planning on ending your season towards the end of April. You get an invite to the university, and you really want to do it. Well, it's really easy to then extend that prep for a further five to six weeks. The hardest thing, and I think this applies to the whatever scenario I'm going to talk about, is the mental challenge, the mental struggle, alongside the impact on your personal life. So you might be someone that is um, really strong-minded, can handle the hunger, can handle the lethargy, you know, you're a fucking online coach, um, you're, you're single, fuck, boom. That is, of course you can extend prep. No worries at all. However, let's take another scenario by which, um, you know, the prep itself's been a real, real, real ch- uh, tough and been a bit of a struggle with your mental health. So you feel that's already a little bit compromised. Um, at the same time, um, you know, you have a couple of kids, you're feeling a little bit guilty, feeling like your lack of energy is a bit unfair on them, um, or maybe alongside that, or instead, maybe your performance at work suffering, maybe you're someone that works shifts, or, um, you know, is not an online coach, is in like a an employed job where your performance is uh, analysed, assessed, and, um, you know, feedback given, and if you've not been doing a good job, um, even warnings, etc. You may then think, right, is it worth from a personal standpoint, extending prep? The answer in any scenario of those two, the effect on, like, say, your personal life with your children or your wife, the impact having on your relationship or your job, 100%, it would not be a good, a good idea. Not a good idea whatsoever. And I think that a lot of the time as well, where I wouldn't recommend this would be as if you're in your first season. In your first season, unless you are shit hot, you know, genetically elite, been working for this for a while. When you're going through prep for the first time and you're experiencing the the hunger, it is prep, the lethargy, the fatigue, the the brain fog. I don't think that it's worthwhile doing that twice across a year. Now, I think that extending it for those five six weeks can be doable in some scenarios. Absolutely, if I know where it is. I think you're going to need something in between though to keep you going. Whether that be like another show or a photo shoot. But if you know you have like, okay, you've done three or four shows and you have five or six weeks until your last one, it's so easy to just want to just think, fuck it, that's prep done. Unless you have some targets to work towards, let's say you've done three shows in a month, then you have five or six weeks off, you will need something to get you through that. I know that from experience. I remember saying to Cal uh, when I was prepping back in 2021, um, 
I said, Cal, there was a weekend that was free. I went, Cal, I need to do a show that week or prep's over. He said, what do you mean? I went, mate, I'm fucked. Like mentally, I just, I need, I, I can't keep going unless I've, I said, I can do the low days for a few days, but then I need, you know, I, I need something in between to keep me going. And that's where we jumped in another. So if it is your first season um, and you're experiencing all that for the first time, now, at that point, that was not my first season. That was just um, a time period where my wife was, was heavily pregnant. But um, if it is your first season, I'd say just like experience the season for what it is. If you're want, if you're planning on doing PC Universe, like don't plan on doing shows five six weeks before it. Um, plan on doing shows two or three, may you know two or three maybe four weeks before it. If you have like a run, let's say you did a PC qualifier um, end of April, then you did an NFM UK the next week, and then you know UQP the week after. Whatever your your scenario is, that's fine because then you've got targets and things to keep you going in between. And you end your season on uh, the PC universe, but if you just randomly awarded it, um, it's it's a tough one to do. And as you as you are like um, and it's a seasoned competitor, I think that's when it becomes that little bit easier because it's that interim period where if, let's say you say no, I'm not doing any shows in between. I'm only doing the universe. It's incredibly hard to not give in to those cravings as a first timer experiencing it for all for the first time it's incredibly hard not to want to just cancel prep get your energy back just like have energy to just fucking like go for a walk or be yourself um around your partner around your kids whatever it may be as as you kind of become more seasoned it, it gets it's still really hard but you find better ways of coping with it 100 percent. so that scenario by which short space in between we either say yes if we're a seasoned competitor, maybe perhaps not if we're a first timer, unless you're just fucking genetically elite and you have um, the means by which your job and your relationship status and all that um, supportive partner and whatnot um, allows you to do so. So that is a kind of a, a long, a long prep and then an extended one. If you didn't do any shows, what would you do? <coughs> Let's say you have six weeks in between. So you would increase your calories let's say by, you know, three, four, five hundred uh, max. You'd reduce cardio and say, right, okay, let's get a couple kilos or three kilos, however much it is, four kilos above stage weight. And knowing like, right, when it gets to that sort of four week out marker, I'm going to start putting you back in the deficit. You give you like a free meal and some freedom to enjoy with your family. Maybe it's maybe still planned and tracked. You say, right, once a week, you know, you could have homemade um, fucking burgers and chips or steak and chips or whatever. Uh, just allow that freedom, that mental break that might just allow you, right, okay, if I get that, uh, I can um, I can make it because me and my wife or a partner or whatever have a date night um, and, you know, less of a strain on our relationship or I'll plan that high day that you're going to run or that you're running um, around my kids' activities, you know, my kids' classes or whatever it may be. Um so I wouldn't say that's almost that's not necessarily two preps in a year. It's a big prep and a, an extended one. So let's just call it a big extended prep. That's a sure sure fine way of making it, one hundred percent. Then when it gets to three four weeks out, boom, back in the deficit, calories low, cardio up, and then slow reverse out. You know, ten to twelve days out. Now let's talk about the actual big the big two preps in one year. What what does that mean? Okay, show in April. You've decided, and you've been been invited to the British finals. You've won, fucking whoop de do, um, hurrah! And you're going to do the the British finals, which is in October, which is a good 
or five months after that, June, let's say April, so May, June, July, August, September, October, six months after that. So what does that look like in between? Well, kind of a similar scenario to what I just said. So let's say you know your stage weight, um, you look at the data and how long did it take you from the peak of your off season to pull all the way down. Um, then you say, right, let's have a look at how you looked about six to eight weeks out. Let's assess the visuals. Let's assess what your expenditure was like, what your food was like, what body fat levels like. And let's potentially push back up to there. Okay, so you do that slowly but surely. As I said, it's a slower reverse. You're not going to be pushing calories to the peak of an off season and you're not going to feel great straight away. So you push calories up. Um, th- I mean, that's heavily dependent. I've got an anecdotal uh, case study I'll talk about later on the episode about which, you know, Chris Bain. Many of you know my uh, male body, his calories got fucking high, super high, rebounded well, used a bit of drugs and that. Um, but that's a different scenario. So I suppose there's two different scenarios where you can get a lot of bodybuilder or whatever you may be. But let's say, okay, you think, right, let's push push it up, push out the deficit, reduce fatigue, deload, decrease cardio, increase your food, remove fat burners, blah, blah, blah. Whatever you're doing with drugs, maybe you come down like a bro cruise or if you're not assisted, then that's fair play. Cool. And you decide, okay, right, we have, you map out again. You'll say, right, we have 20, 26 weeks or whatever, 20, 22 weeks. However long it is, you say, right, for this amount of weeks, I'm going to push you up slowly but surely um, to that roughly six to eight week out conditioning. Um, and then what we're going to do is from 10 weeks before that first show, we're going to pull down why 10 weeks when you've went, went to the six to eight weeks of levels of conditioning. Because just in case you've not giving yourself enough time or maybe someone has fucked it a little bit in those last couple of weeks before they started prepping I mean they fucked it and all of, a, all of a sudden like load of fats went on or um, struggling with adherence whatever it may be uh, that's a scenario by which you just give yourself more time because then if they're ready two weeks before that's fine you reverse them out they're going to be going at the show cruising on loads of food not hungry feeling good lots of energy and the look will be superb still at that point that second prep's not as long, right? But it's not as long only because you've been really successful the first like 12 to 14 weeks post prep. Now, if you, like many of us do, and I hold my hands up and say this was me um, after my first prep, after your first prep, just hit the absolute fuck it button and binge a little bit on food, Eating way like you're on a lot of calories, but eating way more than that, or you're missing missing the meal plan. You're having multiple takeaways across the week, or drinking, or whatever it may be. If you put yourself back up to the start of where you're at, that first prep was, you really don't have much time before you're dieting again. So let's say your prep to that um, first regional where you got your British invite was 18 weeks, and then you have another, you know, you got 22 to 26 weeks to the to British finals. Well, let's say in that first month you regain all that weight that you gained and that you that you had prior to the start of prep. Now I guarantee you probably won't have as much body fat, without a shadow of a doubt, because your body will handle calories better coming out of a prep than it would do whilst you're up at the start of that prep or that first prep. But if you've gained all that weight, you know it has to come off. Now the bigger guys, the bodybuilders, that'll still come off quite quick. So they, I'm not saying they get away with it. But there's way more flexibility and freedom uh, when people are larger and using a lot of steroids. Simple as that. In the scenario, it's just a natural bikini girl, and they put all that weight back on. That's totally 
devastating in a, in a, in a way that is like you've got to start prep again really soon right you've got 22 weeks for four weeks you've enjoyed yourself you're back to 18 weeks you put on all the weight fucking prep again 18 weeks out that's really hard to do I mean if you if you say fuck it that's what I want to do cool you could do it but then it just it, it means that you are you know for 36 weeks of the year you're not dieting you're in a calorie deficit the scenario by which I like to put forward to you and, and what I would um, suggest would be map out the 22 weeks be really fucking on it like you were on prep like I would say prep's ongoing, just whatever phase we're in, whether it's an off-season or a gaining phase or dieting for a show, you always maintain that focus, that, ha- that habitual routines that you have. It's just more food. And if you're assisted, you you maybe perhaps come back down to a broker's. You lose a, use a fair bit of insulin, maybe a bit of GH, and you fucking get really strong and really full. But it's, it's controlled, it's not binging, Right? You're going to make some little improvements. It's not going to be loads. If you're assisted, 100%, you're going to make some improvements in that scenario, in that say. Because you've, you know, if you've if you've pushed it for like 10 weeks, 12 weeks, well, guarantee there's a bit of tissue that's went on. If you're a natural bikini girl or natural individual, you may find it's like you've almost just recovered from the deficit, come back up, got hormones, everything back to normal, and before you know it, you're dieting again. So that's where like. In the scenario with two preps across the year, you're probably going to recommend it more to the assisted individuals, especially like the male bodybuilders or physique guys or classic guys or whatever, and maybe even some of the assisted females, um, but not so much the nat- naturals, because the look won't be quite the same. Now, if you if you if you know like right, well, Vaughn, I fucking I won the overall um, at every single one of my shows, right? Okay, and you're natural, right? Fuck, you are shit hot. You're great, genetic elite. You don't need to make improvements. If you know you don't need to make improvements going into the finals, then you're all, all good. What I'll say though, everybody gets leaner. Every single class gets a little bit leaner for the British. Simple as that. The criteria doesn't change, but as coaches, what we do with our clients does. Everybody pushes it, so everyone comes on stage a little bit leaner. So if you present the exact same package as you did in the finals as at your regional qualifier, you ain't going to do well. Because you'll know, like, right, Dan Wellborn's girls and guys are leaner. You'll know, right? Tom Haynes, guys and girls, they're leaner, they're sharper, etc., etc., etc. So get get yourself that little bit leaner, even if it's a, maybe a kilo or two. If you know, like, right, look, I've won. I was at the bottom end, and if I pulled any more off, I'd look stringy, not as round in my glutes, or just in general, not as much pop. Right? Okay, maybe maybe you don't present um, a leaner package, but if that was the case, why are you prepping again? You know, if if you're if you're winning regionals. Or sorry, if you're placing in regionals, let's say you place third and you get invited to the British. And you know like you can't get any leaner, you can't get any bigger, and you're going to present the, roughly the same package. What's the fucking point in doing the British? There'd be, be none. Because you, you you just know you're going against, like the people in the British are the ones that want to win the British. And out, let's say there's 10, 10 guys or girls on stage. Three or four of them are probably capable of winning it on any, any, any given day. It's just what's presented on the day and what the judges prefer. Right? So... If you nail it and you're good enough to be in a British, 100% do that. I say, hey, Vaughn, um, I want to do two preps in a year, but I don't want to do a British. Is that possible? Of course it's possible. There's just a shorter period between preps. And I think a case study of mine that I'll use 
would be, um, you know, Chris Bain last year, a bodybuilder client of mine, who did a long prep for the Scottish season, started dieting in December, did, uh, you know, one fucking loads of stuff, shows and overalls in the month of April, uh, reversed out two weeks into the reverse, said, hey, Vaughan, how do you feel if I did later on in the year? And um, we were planning on doing a different federation, um, so it wasn't PC, we were planning on doing UQP British, and he was like, maybe maybe do like their abroad show if I get picked and blah, blah, blah. We had this plan. And then we got going again, started dieting about, I think it was 10 or 12 weeks out from that. And then after like the first two weeks, he was like ready to end prep. He was like, Vaughn, I need to do a show soon. I'm struggling mentally, blah, blah. I was like, okay. So we picked an earlier show. We did it just to get him through. Then we pushed hard again to get him ready for the second planned one. But in that three-week interim period, he was like, hey, Vaughn, what do you feel if I did this show? Um, and then ended prep. And I was like, oh, man. So for us, it was a learning curve that he needed, he needed longer in between and he did not need as much time as we had allowed him to come right back down again. It was very much a learning curve for us on what we will do this year, for sure. Um, and I mean, a lot of what I said at the start of the podcast, I think one of the biggest take-homes there was this, like, he, said, he literally messaged me, mentally, I'm fried. And I was like, right, well, let's just end prep now. He was like, no, no, I want to I make it and I want to do these. And that was... Uh, that was the weekend that I ended up driving to Wales from where I stay in Scotland, which is about nine hours. And then after, I was on a Friday, did the NFM UK show on the Saturday. Then after that, drove to Manchester, so drove four hours up the road, stayed in Manchester. Then he won PC in Manchester the next day, then drove back to Scotland, which was another, you know, four and a half, uh, five hours up the road from there. And that was it. That was prep over. Um In hindsight, would we have done something differently? Started dieting again later on. Would he have made it still? I'm not sure. You know, I think it, it depends on, um, at the time, you know, when we talked about it, he knew that the look wouldn't change. So sometimes the exciting part of prep, if you've been like an off-season, you're a season competitor. He'd done multiple, that was our fourth season together. So he was excited that first prep because he, he'd never, it was the biggest he'd been going into it, the heaviest he'd been, the most muscle, the strongest. It's like, right, what's, what's that going to look like when I'm lean? How's that going to come to fruition? What's that stage going to be? But once you've went through it in one season, well, we had like four, five weeks in between, if that. Once you start dieting again, you know it's not going to be any different. So the motivation can be hard. But I think the biggest and one of the hardest ones is that, and, and any bodybuilder that understands or has done this, um, as prep before will relate to me, it's because you, you just want to get bigger, <laughs> right? How many times... Have you um, pulled down and you're like four weeks out and someone says like, oh, you know, you're looking forward to your shows and you go, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to my shows. But honestly, I'm just looking forward to getting bigger and I'm just looking forward to like the off season. And we often like, I, I think like that. I thought like that loads. So you're already in this mindset of I just want to get bigger. I just want to feel good, have good sessions. You want to enjoy the gym again. Because when you prep and you diet and you're, lean you're not strong and the you know the mo- one of the most enjoyable things about training for me was just getting stronger feeling strong being strong for for me and you know when you diet plates come off the either side of the machine or the bar you use you know not quite as heavy dumbbells or a little you know a couple of plates less on the leg extension or the hamstring or whatever machine you're using and it can suck the fun out of training that's why i think it's harder to do and what, like, this is why it kind of leads to my sort of suggestion or conclusion 
that I wouldn't do two preps in a year. I would only suggest if you're looking to do British finals and you want to bring a British title, do shows that are four to six weeks before the British final. You then go back to that first scenario that I talked about, which is like an extended prep. You allow for it. You know, your regionals are by means of um, just a case of getting through them. You know, formality that you're going to win, you're going to come second or whatever. uh, And your British is the target. Whereas when you're a first timer and your first show is your big target, it's then very hard to get past. So what I suggest is, First season, um, I probably wouldn't suggest in the British finals. Compete any time across the year. Give yourself enough time. That could be 18 to 20 weeks. And for some big-ass bodybuilders, that might be 12 to 14, whatever it may be. First prep, always give yourself that little bit longer. Then as you get into your second and third season, you want to start doing more shows. You look better. You're, like, you're worthy of placing at likes of a universe or likes of a, a British finals. Then do shows that are five to six weeks um, closer to that. Because the reality is, if you do two preps in one year you completely write off competing the next year because you, you'll look exactly the same. If you prep for 36 weeks out of 52, you know that there's very little time to make improvements, whereas if you prep once and it was like 20 to 24 weeks, you still got the rest of the year and then some of the next one to make improvements should you want to compete season to season back to back, which you know that's another conversation and could be, I could go on about that on a whole podcast, I'm sure I have before, uh, that we can often get sucked into and I think that it's okay to do that if you're very very good and all you need to do each season is make marginal improvements however if you are someone that has to make like big improvements to be competitive you're going to need more than a year off you're going to need a couple years off me personally to move up from men's physique to classic physique I took three years off right competing in 2017 and then the next time I stepped on stage was March 2020 uh, you know a couple of weeks less than a couple of weeks before um, that stupid lockdown happened um, but yeah so that's my suggestions for or that's my overview of what two preps in, in one year looks like whether I'd recommend it or not of course it's doable in some scenarios I'd recommend it for the most part I wouldn't but if you want to know more on um, how to manage an extended prep or uh, maybe maybe you are doing two preps in one year and you have more questions don't hesitate to just head over to Instagram Prep Coach UK. Um, send me a DM, I will get back to you. At the same time, if you want to join the team, you can also inquire via Instagram or inquire through the website, prepcoachuk.com. It is a busy, busy, busy period right now, as January always is, taking on board new clients and planning their season. And there's people already, I'll say, 11 weeks away. So if you're looking for a coach uh, who knows the criteria inside and out, who can help you win your shows, place in each one, uh, please don't hesitate to contact me. And wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.